All right, 2015 is in the books, and we are now kicking off 2016 with our first episode, number 36. This is the Thunder Underground Podcast. My name is Trent, and as always, I'm joined by Jason. How is it going? It's going good. I'm glad to be here for number 36. Yes, so did you have a good New Year transition into this back to work and all that crap? I think so. I think so. Uh, You know... um, all the all the barley and hops have just stayed with me and pushed me right into that first day of work and, you know, gave me the energy I needed, you know. And that was just hanging over from New Year's. So right. it goes a long way. It goes a long way. Yeah, we had a little New Year's shindig at my house. So That's that was, right. That was nice. Of course, of course. And, you know, again, we're here for episode 36, and we are hoping to get 36 more and then maybe 36 after that and so on and so on. Of course, and 2015 was a good year for us. We've been doing the Thunder Underground thing for a while, but finally decided to jump into the podcast game part of it in May and kicked off episode one. I think it was mid-late May and have been going pretty much every week since then. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, had a pretty good momentum. And it's funny because we kind of talked about it, and then one day... You were just like, hey, I got the stuff, let's do it. So we just, like you said, we just jumped in. Yeah, kind of kind of learning it as we go, but it's gotten, you know, it gets a little better every time, I believe. So. That's right, that's right. Yeah, and we, you know, we had some, some of our highlights in case you're listening to us for the first time was we had, we had a few of our podcasts get picked up for national news stories with Kirk Winstein from Crowbar, story about that their album was halfway completed or that songs are half the songs are recorded. And then we got a story picked up from the Joey Allen from warrant one that they're looking into using Michael Wagner, the very famed producer who worked with them on dog eat dog. And then we had Sid Falk on a two part episode cause it was quite lengthy. And that story just got picked up recently. And it was a story about some comments that he had made about Paul Diano that he was in battle zone with back in the eighties. And that's a pretty interesting interview if you're a fan of, you know, Paul Diano and Iron Maiden or a fan of Sid Falk and Overkill, especially, go check that out because he has a lot of stuff to say and he, he's not afraid to say what's on his mind or speak his mind, basically. And, and, you know, and that's always good. And, yeah, he definitely went into a lot of stuff. And you can't be uh, a fan of thrash and not want to hear this episode. So definitely check that one out. Yes, and we had tons of other episodes that we were proud of. You know, I love the Scattered Hamlet episode that we did. Yeah, that was a great one. That was that was super fun. Yeah, we had all five members of the band on there. And recently we had a great one with the bassist from Miss May I, Ryan Neff. And then we've had, you know, tons of other good ones. A couple of the guys from Soil and we had several regional people, you know, that were pretty good ones. King Shifter, uh, Smoke Offering, Driver, Rocket Science, the list goes on there. Oh, yeah, all those guys. Yeah, a really cool one with Spirit Caravan, Wino. He gets into a lot of his stuff back with The Obsessed, which is really cool to hear about. Yeah, that was a complete honor. Yep. And, you know, there's tons more. Go back and check all that stuff out. We're on lethoundunderground.com. Everything's on there. We're on, you know, obviously all this is on SoundCloud backslash thunder dash underground you know anything else you want to talk about 2015 before we move along uh we had a great year uh we kicked off and just like 
like we said earlier, just jumped into it full throttle, and uh, we thank everybody for listening and all the different sites for picking it up, and just please continue to share and like and uh, spread the word. Yes, yes, definitely. And, you know, yeah, the other thing I did want to mention is, you know, besides all the the national ones we mentioned, you know, we have done a lot of guys local and and it's gave us an opportunity to kind of get back into the whole, you know, scene of local music. Yes. That, you know, back when you were playing out, you know, when we were a lot more active of going out all the time. Now it's just kind of, you know, here and there, you know, yeah. as you get older, that's the way things go. But, you know, starting back with this, we've seen a lot of bands and we've, you know, talked to a lot of more guys and we've got, you know, got to know some of these guys so it's you know kind of cool to get back immersed into that whole thing yeah i mean you know when we were teenagers there's a couple of these guys like you know steve ray of pitbulls on crack and dave cantrell uh and stacy lane that we saw you know when we were kids so it was really cool to talk to them and then you know you know when i was playing out you know there was those guys and some other bands and driver you know, driver. The, guy, the guys from Driver. Yeah, right? definitely. They were they were in rhythmic disturbance, and uh, Mike DiPatrillo was in a ton of stuff. And uh, then you know, it just kind of life happens, and you go one way, and you start doing something else. And uh, so when we started this back up, it was really cool to kind of delve back into the local music scene and see who's still around, and see what names you remember, and you know. Uh, meet some new people and uh, we've we found some really great hard rock and metal in tulsa yeah and as well as playing you know one another thing we like to do is play songs you know from unsigned bands and we've played a lot of bands from oklahoma we've also played a lot from all over the country and you know just discovering a lot of these bands through doing this you know people will send us music which if you have a band do that at the thunder underground at gmail.com definitely and it's cool to be able to get, you know, exposed to some stuff, you know, you might never come across. That's right. And there's some great stuff out there. If what we've been hearing and playing is any indication, uh, the uh, the metal, the rock lineage will continue for eras to come. Yes. Well, you know, looking into 2016, we've got some shows coming up that we're going to hit. We'll talk about that in a bit. And, you know, obviously we're bringing you podcast every week. So I think, you know, we had a great 2015. And like I said, if you're new to us, this is your first episode. Go back and hit some of these old episodes. This episode off with a song from a band out of California called Iron Knot. They're actually from Los Angeles. Let's just get right into this song for you. It's called Horned Goat. <laughs> Built a kingdom by wars and victories, rented in snow by the way. 
Right, that was Horn Goat from Iron Knot out of Los Angeles. That's quite a, a killer tune. Just no other way to really say it. It's, you know, it's a great, it's got that great stonery kind of feel, but also just your, you know, your, where it's somewhere between stoner metal and just heavy metal. It's yeah. Not, you can't, it, it's not really pigeonholed into either genre. You know, the vocals really kind of cross the line into both as well. And I love the verses in that. It's real stompy. Yeah. Like the way he's singing it and everything. It's just like you can imagine that song being like a, a big song during a live set. It just got that feel where it's just like, you know, pumping your fist and drinking beer and listening to metal. Yeah. <laughs> Which is some of my favorite things to do. Right. Yeah, yeah this is a great song. Um, I, I love the kind of got a distorted bass tone going on just riffy as hell just a great song i mean uh you know you can there's some stuff on youtube of these guys just check them out it's a uh, it's a uh, pretty strong stuff yeah they've got a full album up and i believe almost all the songs are on reverb nation now that you can listen to definitely check that out they're on facebook give them a follow they've got like you said stuff on youtube and I know that they're they're selling the music and they're selling T-shirts and stuff. These I really feel this is a band that you know you're going to hear about in the future. Oh yeah, we've got to. I mean, there's no way uh, these guys can't get noticed. Yeah, and it, one thing about this band that is going to transition us into what we're talking about next is this is the type of band that you could see touring with different. Uh, you know, several different types of, you know, genres of metal, like I mentioned. Yeah. But it's really a type of band that I can definitely see playing with Motorhead. That's right. You know, it's got that same kind of spirit and attitude, you know. And we were going to bring that up because our last episode that we did, the best of 2015, we were actually recording it the night that Lemmy died, and that's when we found out while we were recording. So we didn't really have time to you know, think about it, <clears throat> excuse me, think about it and talk about it. You know, we just went on with the episode and figured, well, we can do a fitting, Yeah. you know, talk about Lemmy here on this episode. Definitely. We mentioned it, but like you said, we we didn't have the time and we weren't prepared to really go into uh, some, uh, some tributes, some stories, but uh, now we're ready. Yeah. So, I mean, just starting it off, I mean, I don't know, most, most bands I can... <coughs> I can really pinpoint what the first thing I heard from him was, mm -hmm. you know, but that, I don't know, with Motorhead, I really can't remember. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just, when you think of Motorhead, it's like they've been around our whole life, like literally. I think Exactly. They, I think their first album came out in 77 yeah. when I was born. And they, so growing up and when we really started getting into rock and metal in the late 80s, um, they're just one of the bands you just knew about because they were already a legendary band because they'd been around for 10 12 years by that point yeah and you know everybody knew ace of spades or overkill because those were the songs you would hear if you were out and about at a concert or something like that <clears throat> but i don't know with me i think it was more probably <clears throat> probably around the early 90s whenever um god i'm drawing a blank on the album the one with Hellraiser and I ain't no, no nice guy. Uh, I wouldn't even. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even begin it. There's so many yeah. of them. There's so many of them, and there's, you know, <clears throat> it's hard to keep all that stuff together after what you know twenty, thirty, some odd right. years. 
but yeah, around around that point's kind of when I started, you know, listening to them more, and you know, you would see him pop up and you know playing with other bands that we loved, Metallica, yeah. whoever, Ugly Kid Joe, Ozzy, Ozzy. So you know, he was like a figurehead of an icon of the genre. So it really started to to sink in at that young age, you know, when you're really, you know, finding what you like and discovering the old stuff as well. That's right. And, of course, whenever Airheads came out. Oh, yeah, we were all over that, weren't we? (laughs) Yeah, and they, you know, they had that awesome, you know, now legendary joke, you know. and, (laughs) And then, of course, the soundtrack. You know, I was a huge Ugly Kid Joe fan from the moment they came out and still to this day. And... You know, Motorhead was on there with Whitfield Crane and Ice T singing on the song "Born to Raise Hell" with them. That's right. And that still stands as one of my favorite Motorhead songs. Yeah, that's a great yeah. song. And even the original without Ice T and Whit Crane, right, is amazing. Yeah. And that kind of pushed me into it. You know, more. You know, checking them out and when Hell. You know, whenever No More Tears came out. <clears throat> You know, I loved the song Hellraiser, and then I heard the Motorhead version, and I liked it too. But back then, I was so immersed in Ozzy and Zach Wilde, you know, as being yeah. one of my favorite things that I, I would have told someone that I liked their version better. Yeah. But now as, you know, we get 20-some years away from that, I listen to them, and I would probably say I like the Motorhead version better because, you know, the the theme and the sound, it just their version is dirtier, and it lends more to what the... The, the whole thing is, you know, the Hellraiser thing. Exactly. I don't know. We're just kind of rambling here about but That's so, good. That's yeah. good, you know. <laughs> so what about you? What is the earliest stuff you can think of? I think... From your experience. For me, it was like you said, you know, you know, as kids and coming up, just getting into hard rock and metal in the late 80s for us, might not have... I, you know, I think Ace of Spades had to be probably the first Motorhead song I heard, obviously. For, you know, all kinds of reasons. Um, But it's like you said, we always, even though we weren't really too sure all the other stuff and whatnot, we all kind of knew who they were or who Lemmy was. Because you'd always see them in the magazines and all that, you know. And and, uh, I think, you know, I think uh, it was on a, uh, probably a mixtape a buddy at school made for me. I'm pretty sure that's my first real taste of, uh, you know, Motorhead was, uh, and then, you know, just like you said, the Airhead soundtrack was big, uh, for, you know, really kind of something that, you know, that was the first thing that we could latch on to that, you know, spoke to us because it's like, you know, every generation, you know, it's like, you know, older guys love kill them all and ride the lightning, but some guys got turned on to Metallica it justice for all in the black album so every you know bands have their errors and whatnot right <clears throat> and uh you know i just uh when i get into it and when as the years wore on and i just got deeper and deeper into motorhead you know i really there's a lot going on under the all the usual songs you know you've got like um stay clean and uh stuff like that, you know, uh, I don't need religion. I mean, that's just great stuff. Um, I, I, and, and then I also liked, I really think that a lot of their stuff in the nineties and the recent stuff was, 
a lot better than people. I don't know. I just think it. I think a lot of the this newer stuff needed more credit. Because, you know, the album Hammered was amazing. Walk a Crooked Mile. I mean, fuck, dude. I loved that. I played that album over and over and over. And uh, Overnight Sensation, which I think came out in, like, 96. I loved that album. I loved that song. That song, the song Overnight Sensation is, uh, I mean, that stands up to any of them to me. You know, uh, Get Back in Line, which was just... uh, you know, a couple albums ago. Yeah. I mean, they really, it, it, it's kind of sad. I mean, I think that stuff deserves just as much, uh, you know, credit as, you know, Ace of Spades and Iron Fist and Overkill. Uh, and, um, you know, I ain't no nice guy after all, I think. I mean, that's just, that's yeah. just brilliant. So, I mean, it, it's not just stuff in the 70s and 80s. Their whole body of work, Lemmy was just, I mean, just, Songs peeled off this guy, and uh, he's just going to be very missed. And also, I, I just liked the 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 kind of guy he was. You know, he was just a straight shooter. He told it like it was, and he didn't take any shit. Um, that's just I, I love people like that, like you know Henry Rollins and Dennis Leary, and you know guys that are just no nonsense, no frills. You know, maybe it's because you know. I don't have the balls to be that sometimes, so you look up to these guys or whatever. But that's just what I loved about Lemmy. And, uh, he, you know, <clears throat> play his stuff forever. He lives through the music, and, uh, you know, if you think about it that way, he's still with us. Yeah. And going back to what you said about the newer stuff, I completely agree. Like, yeah, If definitely. someone someone said, hey, what are you, you know, name 10 or 20 of your favorite Motorhead songs, probably 15 of them are going to be from the last 20 years. Oh, no shit. And I don't know if that's probably more because that's the stuff that I maybe listen to a little heavier. Because yeah. like you said, when you get into something and you kind of go with what's new and what comes out. But like, uh, remember that song, Christine, from just like a few albums ago? I don't know. That I can't remember. It was on I think I do, but... Oh, Motorizer, man. I think. And it's... I do. I think I do remember that song. It was just so non-Motorhead, so catchy and... Yeah. and you know, pop, almost poppy, mm-hmm. had a poppy essence to it, you know, not really, but you know what I'm saying, just that kind of, like you could strip it down and make it a, yeah, some, you know, idiot pop star could make it a big hit. Oh, you yeah. Know? You know, and I I wrote down a couple other ones, like uh, the newer stuff, like Rock Out and Bye Bye Bitch Bye Bye. Yeah. God was never on your side. And, you know, and of course, um, going way back, I think my favorite classic one is probably Killed by Death. Yep, that's another great one. And, and of course, being a big uh, wrestling geek that I am. Oh, there you go, yeah. Um, You can't not put the game, you know, up there on that list. There you go. Because that's just, you know, even, you know, Triple H sure is one of my favorite wrestlers, and that's not really just saying that because he's one of my favorite wrestlers. It's just a great... It's a badass fucking song, you know? I, know. I know. And he's done two other, two other songs for Triple H as well, "Lying in the Sand" and uh, "King of Kings." Yeah, and you know all three of them are great. And going into seeing them live, one of the times that I saw Motorhead live was kind of a rarity because I saw him at WrestleMania 21 in Houston. Yeah, was yeah. that the one where Triple H came up from out of the ground? No. 
Because I saw that on YouTube the other day. I watched that. that. I, were they playing live when he did it? Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember if it came out of ground or not. Yeah, like right by right. Lemmy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I just remember they had a... You know, when we got there and before the show started, there was a you know, drum kit and amps set up on the, the stage. Yeah. You, you couldn't see like a emblem or anything on the bass head. So everybody was like, what is this? And I was just assuming it was going to be Limp Biscuit or something because <laughs> they were like the theme song that year for WrestleMania. And then nothing happened at the beginning. And then when Triple H came out, you know, all of a sudden the lights come up and it hit. And there was no announcement that they were going to be playing it now. And look who he yeah. got. So I got to see Motorhead play the game live. <clears> that's know, awesome. In the... Now defunct, uh, whatever the hell that place was, the Astrodome. <laughs> and what else? Okay, of course, one of the bigger ones was I saw Motorhead live at Ozfest. Yeah, oh, yes. This is a story. <laughs> this is a story. Yeah, this was back, you know, in the, the earlier days of these kinds of festivals. They would have, well, I mean, a lot of major festivals in Europe might still do this because they have so many bands, but they would have the main stage and the side stage staggering but they would overlap each other where a lot of these festivals at least in america now you know will have them staggered where one will start and one will stop you know so on yeah but at Ozfest in those first few years you kind of had to make a choice sometimes mm-hmm. on who you're gonna see and so if you were wanting to see someone that was headlining a second stage you're gonna miss someone near the top of the bill on the main stage well lucky for me the band that I, you know, that was playing at the same time as Motorhead on the main stage was Tool, <laughs> and you know a lot of people might be like, "Ooh, that's a tough choice," and it really wasn't at all. No, you know, but but no. everybody else that I went with, including present company, yep, chose to go see Tool instead of Motorhead. So I went and saw Motorhead, and then I met Lemmy after it. That's right. I forgot about that. You met and, him. Yeah, and he was, you know totally cool you know just standing over there by the fence you know just shaking people's hands and taking pictures and asking for a picture he said sure and the guy that i handed my camera to took the picture and i got it back later and the guy had his finger like halfway over the oh man you know over the lens so all you see is our legs that's bullshit i need to pull that out and scan that and say here's my picture <clears throat> that's right that's me, right mine and lemmy's legs you know? yep that's right you know i i have to completely totally admit that that was a bad judgment call on my part but you know i was young and i really thought you know that was back when you know tool mattered to me somewhat and i just thought that i needed to see that i have no i don't know i kick myself every day on that deal i really do i really do um, so I saw him those two times, yeah. and I guess the next time I saw him was, was it the first time you saw him opening for Foo Fighters? Yeah, opening for the Foo Fighters, and uh, they were pretty good. Um, I just wish they'd played longer, right? you know, but it was cool that they were in Tulsa, cool that they were opening for the Foo Fighters, yeah, uh, and, and then we saw him at Riot Fest. Well, the other you, mention about that is they played, he came out and played uh, Shake Your Blood with him. That's right, I totally forgot about that, yep. Like, or he came out during Foo Fighters set, and they yeah. played the Probot song yep. that Lemmy sang. That's awesome. And then, like you said, Riot Fest this year, yeah, which was just now over three, what four months ago now? Yeah, almost four months ago. Yep. So we were lucky to see one of his last shows. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I, I 
<clears throat> before we move on or, you know, before I forget, just on back on, you know, some of the lesser known songs, uh, Brave New World, that was a kick-ass song. I mean, you know, if Jesus showed up now, you'd be in jail by next week. I mean, that's so true. It's sad, but it's true. And, you know, Lemmy knew that kind of stuff. He had that stuff in his head. Um, rock and roll music, I think. It's, just, it's either just rock and roll or rock and roll music. Brilliant song. It kind of goes back to the whole, you know, <clears throat> uh, one, four, five type kind of old school rock and roll. I mean, just... Uh, we could go on. Well, that's a you know that's a thing to mention is that you know if you've ever paid attention to Lemmy's interviews or anything, you know he was always adamant about the fact that they weren't a metal band. That's right. That's that right. They were a rock and roll band, and I think most of those songs, like you know, going extremely new with the Bad Magic album. Yeah. That song Electricity, you know, is great, and it just has that same kind of like you just mentioned that old rock and roll feel to it. Yeah just with heavy distorted guitars and his voice. Exactly. And it's the same kind of thing. You could strip that down and, you know, hear someone from the 60s singing it. You know? Oh, I know. And if, here, here's a, you know, it might be kind of a little known nugget for you. If you like that kind of, you know, stripped down old school rock and roll sound, he had a band with uh, the drummer for the Stray Cats called uh, Head Cat. Right. And they did that just real kind of, throwback 50s and 60s rock and roll you know uh good time songs uh just look it up it's a great record that's a that's another classic lemmy moment yeah they've i think they have two or three records overall maybe i might be wrong but yeah and uh i think you mentioned earlier i ain't no nice guy yeah like that's just a great you know because you don't you never think of slow songs when you think of motorhead and that was just cool to hear him sing that. And Ozzy's on that one as well. Yeah. That's if you've never heard that, go look for that. And while you're looking for stuff, if you're looking for it this week, the other thing that's going on is that whole, uh, you know, someone started a Facebook campaign to, hey, go download Ace of Spades and let's try to get this to number one on the charts. Yeah. Which is probably pretty hard, but it's already in the top ten. So yeah, just, it's gonna be it's gonna hit top ten for sure. So I mean that's kind of a cool thing, and I yeah. noticed on Twitter yesterday that Phil Campbell was really pushing it as well. He was retweeting people and you know tweeting like big name rock people and say, "Hey, share this," and you know, and he even pointed out he's like, "I don't get any royalties off of this song, so I'm not doing this for my own benefit." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just gotta want to get the name out and get yeah. known, and it's just because it's, it's a cool good for yeah, exactly a foot a fitting tribute because that kind of stuff. You know, people. You know, it's always been a thing when someone dies, people will go and buy their old stuff because yeah. you know i don't know why where you were before but exactly um, exactly but it never is to a point to where it pushes <sighs> stuff back into like you know the charts i know so well, and i never understood that it's like when when kurt cobain died you went out and got all the nirvana shit i mean i don't know i just uh, that confused me about you trent <laughs> right no i already had it all <laughs> Oh, okay, no. okay. Just kidding. That's <laughs> right. my usual uh, ball-busting Trent segment. Sorry. Right. I had to fit it in there somewhere. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I guess my only other thing to say is, like you were saying, he was just like saying what's on his mind, anything, but he was also just like 100% rock and roll, heavy metal. Yeah. Like when you think of heavy metal, that guy lived the life and it wasn't a... It wasn't for show, you know, it wasn't like, you know, hey, look at me in the press. 
It was just like that's who he was. Yeah, he yeah. he drank drank whiskey, snorted coke, fucked women, and played metal. You know, he just did it because that's what he wanted to do, and he never stopped doing it. And he was seven years old, did it for fifty years basically. Yep, you know? I get out of the way. You know, that was his uh, right, pretty much his mantra. And the cool thing was, is he was a good dude too. You know, he yes, never, you know he he was at the rainbow all the time. I know several people that met him there and. You know, the thing was, you just wait till him, you know, for him to finish playing his game, and then he would turn around and take a picture, shake a hand, whatever. That's right. You know, which is pretty admirable for someone who's been dealing with that kind of thing for 35 years, basically. You know? Yep. Just got to let him finish his game. Yeah. And it was also, you know, a final note was cool that he they had that birthday party with a lot of a lot of his friends, and people were there, you know, just, you know, within, what, a week before he died, so that was that's a kind of a cool fitting end, you know, so. Yeah, and they're going to have this weekend, they're having the they're, the whole Sunset Strip is going to be Lemmy's Memorial. They're right. going to webcast it and all kinds of stuff, so we'll have to check that out. Oh, it's being webcast? Yeah, I just saw a headline today. I, I don't know where yet. Last week, we went to the Brady Theater and caught Black Label Society. That's right. And Huntress was opening for him. Definitely, definitely. And... This was pretty killer in the the sense that obviously Zach Wild, you always want to see that dude play live. Yeah, yeah. If Zach Wild's in your town, you need to fucking right. go. But it was also really cool for us because you know we love the band Huntress. Yes. And we had yet to be able to see them live, and you know I kind of you know I've listened to them, but I kind of more you know really got into them with this newer album. Mm-hmm. And you you know you've kind of been ahead of that you know yeah. with the last this is their third one and i mean i don't you know what to say they're just an amazing live band it's just you know she's got this voice that you don't think should really fit with that kind of metal but somehow it does and she's just like has you know just complete you know professional like a professional musician that's completely control of everything you know and just like when she's on the stage presence the the live singing everything is just on point yep as as you know as well as it could be and you know we kind of mentioned this on our last episode with the whole you know on the best of when we were talking about their album which came in at number five by the way that's right yes and she's you know not only amazingly talented she's beautiful you know, so I wanted, you know, I wanted to reiterate, you know, why are you listening to Butcher Babies when you should be listening to this? That's right. Because it's not just the fact that the Butcher Babies are hot. They're just not this badass. Anyway, I just, I just have to throw that in every time. Sorry. Well, you know, and that's the thing. Jill Janis is, she's got the, the range and the power and uh, just the control and she's got such a presence. Nothing is going to happen on that stage unless she wills it to happen. And that's how you know that, you know, that's the mark of a good front person. And um, <clears throat> and that's how you know that, you know, they're going to put on an amazing show. She had the crowd in the palm of her hand the whole time. And, and then, you know, you have to talk about, you know, the band itself, uh, which is just, you know, talent for days. I mean, you know, they had the, the twin guitar stuff, the riffs. Um, I mean, it's just, 
it, it's it's just what heavy metal it, it's what you want to it's what you want to hear it's what you really want to get i mean if you're it, it's a it's an album that if somebody says man i've never heard heavy metal i would put static on you know nice. i mean in and and that would be that would be definition you know number 1 and uh they should really be proud of that and uh i i love Zach Wild i love Black Label Society um but for me Huntress stole the show they were what i was really there for and i was so glad that and you know you never know i mean you can like an album you can like a band especially newer bands and you never know what you're going to get live you know and we went and we got Way more than we expected. I did. I mean, it was a stellar show from the first note to the last. I mean, I just can't say enough about this band and how awesome they were. Um, you know, it's in. You know, they they played a lot of new stuff. They played Spell Eater. They played Zenith. They played I Want to Fuck You to Death, which was co-written by Lemmy. So they they got old stuff in there too. I mean, it's just uh, they covered all the bases, and I think they won over a lot of people. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I that stole a show for me. You know, it's not any knock on Black Label Society. You know, we've seen them several times, and we'll continue to see them several times. Oh, definitely. But that's the thing. We've seen them several times, so we knew what we we're going to get with Huntress. You know, we were really looking forward to it, like you are when you see a band for the first time. That's right. And the cool thing is to point out as well is they're, you know, they're really active on their social media and, you know, she's always posting even there that, you know, we love to meet people. So come find us after the show. Yeah. And they're always at the merch table meeting people. And we went back there and there was a huge crowd of people over there. And they, like you said, I think they went over some people. I know, you know, we know a couple people personally that mentioned that that's the first time they had heard them and they loved it. Yes. You know, and it's, so I think this, even though it was a short run, it was what, like four or five dates with Black mm -hmm. Label. I think this is a a big step for them. Because uh, they, they probably, they were out there in front of a lot of people that didn't know who they were. Definitely. And if if the show we went to was any indication, I mean, you know, it, it very successful. Short run, but very successful. I mean, they, they were, they shook every hand. They took every picture. Um, I can't imagine, uh, you know, when Jill Janis came out there, the mob around her, I mean, that would drive me nuts. <laughs> I, I would tell everyone to fuck off and leave me alone, you know, because I just get so stressed out and so nervous. She handled it like a champ. She, she was so engaging with everybody and, uh, <clears throat> they were just great. And that's how you need to be, especially for newer bands. Yeah. So hopefully this. Hopefully this helps them out and they end up on some other big tours and continue to continue to get higher and higher on the echelon of what people are listening to these days. So. That's right, that's right. And speaking of listening to these days, we've got another song for you to listen to. That's right. Kansas City Metal. Yes. We're bringing it to you. Yes, this band is, like you said, out of Kansas City and they came onto our radar because a band we mentioned earlier, Driver, you know, that we've had on the, you know, we had Mike from Driver on the podcast, and we played them, and we've seen these guys, a bunch of big fans of them. They went up to Kansas City and played a show with these guys, so we checked them out and really dug this, so we want to bring this song to you right now. It's called Sound of Betrayal. <laughs> ¶¶ 
Once again, that was Sound of Betrayal by Into Existence out of Kansas City, Missouri. That's right. Uh, pretty brutal. Uh, some good stuff going on. I really, really enjoy the vocals on this song. Yeah, I was the same way. That kind of jumped out at me because I think at at times it had a real hardcore essence. Mm-hmm. His voice, his voice did. Yeah. But it was also at times just a you know a metal vocalist yeah. as well. It's funny you say like a hardcore thing. I I kind of I see. It, there's some times where he was like so into it and so pissed off. It was like he got ahead of it a little bit, but it wasn't. It fit. It it made it made the song more, you know, more pissed off and more attitude. It was just. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, and it has a really killer guitar solo in there too. Yes, yes. And I also like that it has this kind of uh, big, you know, feel of like those, uh, you know, metal songs from the '80s where they're just big and kind of grandiose. But it's all that condensed into three and a half minutes. That's right. Which I know you've mentioned several times you're a big fan of. Get in there, do it, and get out. Exactly. Check these guys out. They've got three tracks, this one and two other up on SoundCloud. They're all demos, as you know, at least they note them on there as demos. And But they sound good. They sound yeah. good to me. Yeah, they're good sounding stuff, and they... And they're, they're, they're ready to go. Yeah, and they mentioned to us that they have an EP that they're working on, that they're shooting to have out by may so be on the lookout for that check them out like them on facebook so you don't miss any of this once again into existence out of kansas city that's right all right well recently there's been tons of news about reunions or regroupings so to speak people leaving people coming back it's all over the place yeah and of course 
Guns N' Roses is all over the place, and there was the you know the little bit about David Lee Roth and the his original band and all that. But another one that kind of slid into the mix here recently was Skid Row. That's right. <laughs> and we're both you know longtime Skid Row fans since we were kids, and I think you know we were kind of talking about this earlier. I think it's kind of funny that so many people are already kind of bashing them i've seen like in comments where people are bashing them like oh no here they go again yeah when in reality when you sit back and look at it over the span of what's it been 28 years they've had they had two singers basically exactly and johnny solinger was in the band longer than sebastian bach was right right yeah yeah he came in like 98 or 99 mm -hmm. so he was there for like 16 17 years and when he left um they got Tony Harnell, and yeah, that was a short run. That's what, you know, recently just happened like a week or two ago. Yeah. And, you know, sure, now it starts to look, they're on their fourth singer. When you say it that way, it does sound a little bit like, oh, no, here they go again. But in reality, it's just this is really the first time yeah. that this has kind of happened yeah. since Solinger was such a long-standing member. And to, to talk about that for a minute, <laughs> you know, so a lot of people were always kind of 50-50 on him as well. And we saw him tons of times live, and he always pulled off all the Sebastian Bach stuff. Sounded great. You know, he might not have as wide a range as Bach, but he, he pulled it all off well. And, he you know, he has a great voice that, you know, that fits Skid Row well because he, he could hit the high stuff. And he also had that dirty, gritty kind of metal vibe. That's that, right. You know, that Bach kind of honed in on with Slave to the Grind and everything after that. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Well, <clears throat> yeah, you know. <clears throat> Solinger, he had the power, uh, and he had the chops to, you know, his voice wasn't like Sebastian Bach's, but, you know, he, he, and he, you got to think over the years, he probably put up with so much crap, you know, and, uh, but, you know, you're right, it's really, you know, almost 30 years, and they've only had three singers, and this one last guy was like, you know, not even a year, so... It's not really uh, here we go again type kind of deal. It's just, uh, you know, it's just what's happening. And, and uh, there's definitely bands that have been through uh, way more uh, erratic and silly lineup changes. Right. So, I mean, this is, you know, this is not, uh, this is not that. But what is a little silly is, you know, we've all, already we've heard, the rumors about oh they're going to get back with Sebastian Bach so they can open up for the new reunited Guns N' Roses. Uh, there's been a rumor about the guy that used to be in Dragon Force might be their singer. So which sounds completely odd when you think about that. <laughs> oh, it does. It sounds totally odd. But you know, it's the internet and people are going to speculate and rumors are going to start. And that's the part that I kind of feel bad for Skid Row that they they get caught up in that you know that's silliness i guess you know to use that word again so it's who knows what's going to happen uh you know do you know of just off the top of your head you know anyone that would fit in or do you think they're going to go and maybe try to make a run at a reunion or you know maybe rachel boland just isn't going to have it you know <laughs> what do you think i wouldn't have a clue you know as far as you know what they might do they've already made a statement that they're not you know they even mentioned the Guns N' Roses thing. Yeah. They made a statement that, no, this isn't happening. But, of course, they legally couldn't if that was really the case. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I don't think, um, or what I do think is that 
you've got to give Rachel Bowen and Sabo credit on, you know, for really sticking, you know, to their guns and what they say they want to do, so to speak, which um, is no doubt, you know, we don't, Rachel Bowen obviously doesn't like Sebastian Bach and Sebastian Bach doesn't like Rachel Bowen. I know yeah. that him and Bach and Sabo have been, you know, have been back on decent terms. Yeah. But Bowen and Bach don't like each other. And he just said, we're not going to put ourselves through something we don't need to. That's right. There's... And they've been offered, what, huge last year for download, I think. Huge, like $600,000 to headline download. Yeah, it's something insane. And they turned it down, which to me is unbelievably admirable. Yes. You know, because they, they would go from playing places where they're, you know, getting less than 1,000 people, probably five, 800 people on a given night to be playing to several thousand people if they had Bach back in their band. Oh, definitely. Because both those... Both those guys, I've said this a million times, they they need each other, especially for recorded music, because Bach can't write a song to save his life. <laughs> and Sabo and Bolin and Scotty Hill obviously need Bach, you know, to, to get to that level to where more people are paying attention. That's right. But I love the band. I've followed them, you know, the whole time. And no matter who their new singer is, short of being Vince Neil, I'll support them. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, you know, Vince Neil's free now. <laughs> Well, hell, if they do it, good for them because, hey, that'll put butts in the seats, right? Yeah, exactly. It'll just be a horrible live show. Uh, Yeah, very horrible. (laughs) For sure. But you mentioned who do I think would fit. Whitfield Crane might be pretty badass, but, you know, he's got stuff going on. That's right. But I can't off the top of my head think of someone who's got that, you know, that thing I mentioned that Bach's so great at, the whole, you know, going high, hitting all that pretty stuff, and then also going down and dirty. Yeah. I mean, maybe the dude from Dragon Force can do that, you know. we don't. All we know is what he was screaming his ass off and uh, singing high with Dragon Force. That's right. Force. Well, yeah. you know, and maybe that was an unfair question for me to ask you because that would just feed into the speculation we just got done bitching about. So, <laughs> right. I don't know. It's just, you know, it's all discussion. It's all talk. And hey, who knows where it's going to go. I, I'm definitely interested to see how this plays out. Yeah. Like I said, <clears> we'll be there to... To see them live regardless, probably. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. All right, moving on. We Last week we had a our best of 2015 episode that we've mentioned a couple times already. And number seven on our list was Motor Sister. Yes. And this is a super group that features Jim Wilson along with, we'll get to who Jim Wilson is in a minute if you don't know, <laughs> along with Scott Ian and John Tempesta. Joey Vera. And Joey Vera. You know, three guys, you know, that are huge in metal, and they've teamed up with, or Pearl's part of it as well, but they've teamed up with Jim Wilson, who is a singer and guitarist, songwriter, that had a band called Mother Superior, and Scott Ian was a big fan of it, and they decided to basically give these songs new life with this super group, and, it, you know, that's a little bit more rocking than the original versions. I get Not rocking, but more more heavy because you got Ian's guitar in oh, the definitely yeah but it still has the same you know classic bluesy you know like you always say whiskey drenched vibe that's right and <laughs> the point that we're talking about this is because this past with this past week the original drummer for Mother Superior which all these songs were originated from passed away yes uh Jason McEnroth the original drummer passed away I think it was prostate cancer uh, so, you know, tribute to him, uh, thoughts to his uh, family and friends. 
Uh, it just, I, I don't want to, uh, <clears throat> you know, in light of everything that's going on with Lemmy and Guns N' Roses and Scott Weiland, you know, let's not forget uh, one of the unsung heroes. He was a powerhouse drummer. Uh, Mother Superior was grossly underrated, criminally underrated. Uh, they also uh, did a stint with Henry Rollins as uh, his backing band. Pretty much just, they were the next incarnation of the Rollins band. They did two great records, uh, Get Some Go Again and Nice, uh, with Henry Rollins that were outstanding. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, in and uh, Jason's drumming just made it all that much better. So, you know, definitely go out and, uh, you know, research, dig back into, you know, the, the, the libraries and the record stores and the whatnots and the whatevers and look for this stuff because it, it is definitely worth a listen. Yeah, like you said, grossly underrated everything you did pretty much because, like you mentioned, the Rollins Band stuff was the later stuff that didn't get a lot of attention. That's right. So, and it should have. Yes, yeah, definitely. And it's, like you said, just a great, it's just a rock and roll vibe. You yeah. know, and the, the guy was a great drummer, and we had the chance to see him live with Mother Superior and, you know, you saw, I, know you saw him, I think I saw him once with Rollins Band, you saw him twice. I saw him twice, yeah. It was just just sweaty powerhouse, uh, just rock and roll, uh, just insanity. It was awesome. Yeah, so check out <clears> that, that Motor Sister disc and then go back and check out the stuff where this came from with, um, with him on the drums, you know, from the early, the first, I guess it's the first two Mother Superior albums that he was on. And then, of course, the, the Rollins Band stuff. Well, um, we wanted to mention a few upcoming shows that we're looking forward to. That's right. There's just, uh, to, just to toss them out there. Yeah, just, you know, jumping right into it, there's uh, in January and February, there's just going to be some great shows coming, in, coming to our area. Yeah, Trivium is playing a, a small club here called the Vanguard, which we're really excited about because we've seen them several times, but it's always been in... A festival setting or an opening slot where you know they'd get like those 30 or 40 minute slots so this is the first time we're getting to see them in a headline set and pretty excited because they're you know supporting the silence in the snow album so they should be playing a few tracks from that and that's a great album so it's kind of it'll be interesting to see you know him singing the 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 early stuff with you know how well his voice is developed exactly yeah i think that's what we we're you know we were talking about the other day not only is it great that we get to see Trivium finally in a, a, a club setting, you know, an intimate, uh, you know, environment, but it, it just really seems like this is going to be a good era to see them live in, you know, with the way he's singing and how good this new album is. So just really amped for this show. Yeah, and then after just a couple weeks after that, Anthrax is playing a, a club in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and we're going to try to hit that. Yeah, and for sure. We've been there once before to see Clutch and Prong, and it was you know quite an awesome place to see a show. So we're really yeah. excited about that because Anthrax is always great live, and you put them in that venue. I'm looking really looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, I I I think this this might be like the smallest venue we've seen Anthrax in. Yeah, because it's even small. It's smaller than Kane's. It's just it's going to be nuts. I can't I can't imagine it in my head right now. <laughs> right. That's that's how awesome it's probably going to be, you know? I can't even picture it. Yeah, because Prong and Clutch both just put on these huge-sounding shows there, and so 
like you said, can't really imagine how Anthrax is going to sound because we're even bigger fans of them yeah. than we are the other two bands, and yeah. we're huge fans of them. You know? Yeah, hang on to your <laughs> eardrums. Right. And then, like, less than a week <sighs> after that, Anthrax will be in Oklahoma City supporting Lamb of God. Yeah, I know. I mean, it just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> and this is also a good, I think, a good tour and era to see Lamb of God because there's that new album, you know, with featuring where where Randy's singing more and there's some different stuff going on and it's just uh you know it'll be interesting to see him live and some of these songs live hopefully they'll play him yeah I yeah i mean this is uh they're really they're harnessing lightning right now and uh it's just going to be an intense show so really lucky to to get to see him in this era kind of like trivium this is a like you said this is a good era, era good period to see them in and with Anthrax in the bill, it's it's just ups the insanity level even more. Uh, so there's no doubt we're going to be at that show. Yeah, it's really cool, you know, to have two bands that are well known for putting on great live shows, and also two bands that come from two different eras. You know, because there's you know there's a whole generation of Lamb of God fans that you know might not know the older stuff. Yeah. So this is a cool yeah. thing for Anthrax, I think, as well as there's probably going to be some old. Anthrax fans going to it that haven't really ever checked out Lamb of God too. So, know, so yeah, it just it works both ways. Benefits all around. Yeah. So let me ask you, and I asked you this yesterday. Asked you this the day before. <laughs> have you listened to Breathing Lightning yet? I have not. You still have not. You <laughs> son of a bitch. I know. Look, it's the new Anthrax song. You know the album comes out to February twenty sixth, and we all know Evil Twin. Well, they just put up uh, in various sites. You can stream a new song called Breathing Lightning. And it's badass, and I cannot believe. I don't know why you won't listen to me. You need to go listen to this thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay on you, Trent. Yeah, I read one of the sites when they first posted it said it was like a a hard rock, more of a hard rock vibe, kind oh, of like is, kind of is. like in the end from worship music. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean that's interesting. You know, I mean you don't know if they do that stuff specifically to see if they can, you know catch something with that kind of thing you know like a minor hit type thing or yeah. if it's just just what came out musically you know yeah well they you know they kind of worked with safe home they got a tiny little hit out of that so that's true so maybe you know and this is kind of you know if you like safe home and in the end this is the that kind of vibe right and you <clears throat> mentioned february 26 when anthrax album comes out yep that's also the day of iron maiden in tulsa that's right and that's another one we're gonna hit yes we're really stoked about this. It's Iron Maiden doing nine shows across North America. I guess only seven of them are in the U.S., and one of them happens to be in Tulsa. And, you know, I think the other one of the other places is Tacoma, and they're hitting both these towns that they haven't since the 80s, you know, because there's a big arena now, so it works. And Exactly. You know, it's just kind of cool because when they said, hey, we've, we're announcing dates next week, you know, we had talked, you know, maybe they'll, maybe one of them will be Dallas or Kansas City or something. Yeah. And we can think about going if it's a weekend, but. And look what happened. Yeah. It never even crossed my <laughs> mind that maybe one of them would be Tulsa. Yeah. So that's just. Oh, it didn't cross my mind either. And we totally lucked out. Yes. So definitely, definitely excited about that. And the, the Raven Age is opening up, which is Steve Harris's son's band. That's right. And you know what? They're flying in and I work by the airport. 
That's right. And I'm going to be watching for that damn plane because yep. the the runway is right outside of my work. Ed Force One. Yes. If I see <laughs> that, I'm going to crap myself. <laughs> right. <clears throat> then jumping into March, there's Nightwish is coming to the Diamond Ballroom. Oh, that's right. That's right. And they bring in Sonata Artica as a supporting band along with Delane. And I was just blown away when I saw that Sonata Artica was on tour opening for Nightwish. Yeah. Because Sonata Artica is always, you know, just a headline band. And, you know, maybe in America, not really. They play small clubs and don't fill them up. So, you know, and, yeah. and night, you know, both these bands are huge in Europe. But they come over here and maybe that's a good idea if you have another, you know, strong band from that genre of music you know package it with it maybe it'll be a bigger draw for both bands oh it's got to be I, I i can't imagine nightwish uh and sonata arctica doing bad at diamond ballroom surely right. they're, they're, they're going to get a good turnout uh you know and it's kind of i know we've talked about this before you know these bands are huge in europe and they can go play festivals and you know bigger theaters and whatnot and whatever uh they come over here and they play all the tiny little clubs. We get to see them. You know, we saw Sonata Arctica at the Marquee, which is now the Vanguard. Right. Uh, we saw Tear at a tiny little place. And I mean, when 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 do we get that? You know. Right. When you know would would people in Europe get that? You know. So we're really lucky to to kind of catch that as it comes around sometimes. Yeah, I think that that's something we've talked about that so many. We always bitch about these European festivals and these tour packages that Europe gets, and yeah. you know how it'd be amazing if that ever happened here, but it wouldn't because the the support for metal isn't that big in America. But then you get something like this, and you know that people in Europe would would kill to be able to see Nightwish and Snot Arca, yeah. you know, from ten or fifteen feet away, exactly. You know, because they'd never get that chance. <clears throat> yep. And oh, and I just thought of this. That tear show was Corpaclani too. That's right. How awesome was that? And wasn't it like was Elstorm on it? No, it was. Uh, oh no, um, it was another some other pirate um, band that was Swashbuckle. That's right. And the guy had a fake parrot on his shoulder, <laughs> yeah. and then he was like the roadie for the rest of the bands afterwards or something. That's right. You know, but yeah, Corpaclani was awesome. This tiny little club, you know, we metal and shit the chain. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, we've also got Sticks is coming, ZZ Top is coming, so yeah. you know, be on the lookout for the, the Thunder Underground Billy Gibbons podcast. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll make it. We'll figure it out. The, that's right? that's about as likely to happen as uh, the Bruce Dickinson episode. Right. Maybe. Hey, maybe there'll be a Tommy Shaw episode. We can hey. talk talk for thirty minutes about damn Yankees and. Oh, I, oh, dude, I, I could go an hour on damn Yankees. Just give me an hour, Tommy. Yeah. We could just do damn Yankees. And a little blurb about my hallucination from Sean Blaze. Oh, yes. The Tommy Boy soundtrack. <laughs> right. Okay, this podcast has really gotten off the beaten right. path here. Yeah. Well, there's there's more shows coming, you know, after that. Obviously, Rocklahoma is a big one we always hit. But, you know, we'll get into that as we get closer. That's about three months. I know you're probably excited that Blue October is coming to Tulsa. So... Well, maybe we'll talk about that when the time comes and if you want. you're excited that you just found out that you're a dipshit. <laughs> so, that's cool. Haven't we always known? Oh, my God. Right. Are we done yet? I think we are. We want to <laughs> just once again reiterate, thank you for listening this past year. Thank you for checking this out. If this is your first time, dig back through the, the SoundCloud at soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground. 
all our episodes are on there. This you're, is yeah, you're gonna find something you like for sure. Yeah, we've covered most genres now of of rock and metal, so it's we've done what we set out to do, and we're gonna keep doing that through 2016 and beyond, right? That's right. So look out. Yeah, hit us up. Thethumbedunderground.com has tons of reviews, uh, news, all the links for all the podcasts, all that stuff. Then we're on Twitter at T-H-N-D-R-U-N-D-R-Ground. We're on Facebook. Just type in Thunder Underground. You'll find us. We're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. Both of those are The Thunder Underground, all one word. Look us up, like us, follow us. So until next time, you got anything else you want to say to these people? Uh, Just uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Like and share. And uh, be on the lookout because we're coming. (laughs) 